Paula, I don't know if this is kosher or not, but I'd like to actually revisit something that we talked about in a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've been thinking about it and it's been on my mind. And for... I did get a middle of the night text about it. <laughs> was it really? I think it was a panicked. You woke up in a cold sweat going, <gasps> I, I forgot to make a joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, my answer was so wrong. <laughs> but yeah, we'll allow it. So let's get in our little podcast time machine. Uh, listeners at home, we are currently talking about what ghost roommate would be the best roommate. Paula has volunteered that a Victorian wailing ghost would be uh, her ghost favorite. Ghost child. Ghost child would be her favorite. Uh, we're going to jump right in where Paula asked Josh, who would he want his ghost roommate to be? Okay, um, so let's listen in. Josh, I mean, the thing is, there's no way that Victorian wailing, crying ghost child cries more than I do, you know? You put me in a, that's a trap of a <laughs> sentence. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Kick down the door. Hey, it's us. <laughs> From the future. How far in the future, you ask? Indeterminate, because we're <laughs> doing these week. out of order. Maybe a week. Maybe two weeks. Who knows? Don't worry about it. Shut up, past Josh. You're about to say something dumb. Hey, past Josh, give future Josh the microphone. Okay. The right answer here is that I would want to be a foster service for ghosts that needed to had unfinished business. So they come through. So it's, I'm not having one specific kind of ghost. I'm helping ghosts get to the afterlife. Mm. And it's a fun little like, uh, crisis of the week kind of sitcom where it's like me and every single week a different ghost comes in who needs to finish their business and I'm there and I help them finish their business but the overall like plot arc is basically that, like what about my unfinished business while I'm living Josh I guess my question that I have is this sounds like a full time job for sure so what are you doing for money because these ghosts do not pay well it, it, I feel like a network's going to pick this up Oh, it's okay. like a semi-scripted reality show, kind of like The Hills. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that was not scripted. Wasn't it semi-scripted? I don't, I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, think of the hijinks. Yeah, you know what true. I mean? That's true. I have none. Uh, All right, great. Thanks, <laughs> past Paula and past Josh. Get hold, hold up. Did you guys Did you guys bring us uh, lottery numbers or anything that might be of use? Yeah, is there anything, like, does it get better? Like, the Iowa caucus just happened, and we're pretty demoralized. Does it get better? We don't know yet. <laughs> oh, my God. It really takes something out of you going to the past. <sighs> That's why I only do it every couple days. <laughs> Welcome to Being Earnest, a very sincere podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Paula. And we are an almost award-winning podcast with undefinable technology where we talk about the earnest and sincere topics of the day. There is a 50% chance nothing in the intro made sense. <laughs> And it only made sense to us. Let's find out. <laughs> Paula, what's our topic this week? I don't remember. It's libraries. Libraries. It's a hard word to say. Do you sometimes find yourself saying libraries? Uh, no, because I'm a dignified human being. See, I have, I have a hard time with like L's, R's, and B's in the middle of words, like rural Illinois. Rural. You know what word I can't say? What? Uh, Isthmus. Isthmus? The, the isthmus it's of Panama? Isthmus. Yeah. It is very hard for me Can to say Can you say that. Swiss miss? 
Swissmas. Yeah, so like the you could do the Swissmas. So it's like the hot chocolate. You just take out the Swiss. The sw- did you did you have any words growing up that like you said them in your way? You said them in your head, and then when you had to say them out loud, uh, it turns out you said them wrong, and everybody was like, "What are they talking about?" Chaos. Chouse. <laughs> 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 I wish it was Chaus. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my God, it's Chaus in here. <laughs> this administration is just sewing Chaus. <laughs> Complete and total Chaus around here. <laughs> Mine was Colonel. Oh, Colonel. Colonel. Yep. yep. I played Clue all the time with my mom and Colonel Mustard, uh-huh. and she never corrected me. Oh, and that's then- love. Junior year of high school, I had to read it out loud, mm. and I was mm. wrong. Um, I also had that issue with indict, but that one's hard. Indict. Yeah, indict. Is that what you thought? Yeah. Hmm. Were you a library kid growing yes. up? Yes. Same. I was a hardcore library kid. Yeah. Um, there was that rush of energy. Remember when you were old enough to get your own library card and you didn't have to get it from your parents? It's like the first time I really felt any sense of independence from my family yeah. was like, I can get these Encyclopedia Brown books on my own. Is that what you were getting? I was getting that. I was also getting like like uh, young adult fantasy kind mm-hmm. of books, like Aragon. Oh, is that the uh, the dragon, dragon one? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I thought that I could write a book too because that kid was homeschooled and wrote a book at 15 and I was like, I'm 10 the and guy I go to it? school. Yeah. Really? He was homeschooled, and so he finished all his, like, coursework, so he, like, just in his free time, wrote a, <laughs> frankly, middling <laughs> young adult fantasy book. <laughs> and I was like, I'm younger, and I go to school. There's, uh, I can, I'm smarter than this I, guy. I, I can do all that. Yeah, exactly. What about you? Uh, I was, I was so deeply... Deeply obsessed with the Babysitter's Club mm. uh, and Sweet Valley High. Sure. Now, um, do you need me to walk you through the plots of either of those? Because oh, no. I know the uh, I know the Babysitter's Club very well because yes. shout out to the Babysitter's Club Club, a very good podcast. They're on HeadGum. And shout out to Anna Martin, and, yes, the writer of the Babysitter's Club. But for our listeners who don't know, it's about a bunch of girls who start a club where they babysit. Yes. And they're amazing. And the second chapter of each one is always about their outfits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know Sweet Valley High, though. Let me walk you through. Please. There's two girls, the Wakefield twins. Their names, Elizabeth and Jessica. Okay. They are identical twins. Okay. They have what they're, what they're is different as much as they look alike. Okay. And the way they look is hot as hell. <laughs> uh, so the book spent a lot of time talking about how they're, how they're the most beautiful people anyone had ever seen. Are they high schoolers? They're high schoolers. Uh, so so there is Sweet Valley Elementary, and then there's Sweet Valley Middle School, and then there's Sweet Valley High. The prequels. And then there's Sweet Valley University, and then there's the Unicorn Club. Oh, wow. Sweet Valley Graduate School, Sweet yeah. Valley PhD. Yes, I think there are somewhere there are adults. Sweet uh, Valley Postdoc. Elizabeth is, is the, the nerd, and Jessica's the popular one. Um, but both are extremely hot, very perfect lives. And this is like 80s, 90s, right? Yes. Yes. Because mm. I was going to say, I'm surprised that the Olsen twins didn't immediately get cast into this, but they were too young probably They were too the young, but the Olsen twins also, they had a series of movies, and Full House had a series of books about Michelle. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I read those too. <laughs> I definitely read some like book adaptations of movies 
Yeah. For sure. I got really into the Star Wars extended universe as well they for a little while. Ch- they make books about that? Yeah. Oh, God, I'm There's exhausted. A, well, so when Disney bought Star Wars, they had to come out and be like, hello, fans. We know you love all these. There's like literally thousands of other pieces of Star Wars media that don't exist within the movies because everyone loves this universe and that's the like fictional universe of this. That's great. That's all apocrypha now. None of that counts. <laughs> Harsh. Yeah, they literally came in because they were like, we can't write new stories because there's just, it's kind of like there were not enough stories to still tell. Yeah. So they grabbed and cherry picked some ideas from some of them. Yeah. Like lots of weird shit happening in those. But like they legitimately had to come out and be like, we love them. But that's like the parts of the Bible that other people wrote that don't count. Like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, Jesus didn't write those himself. Yeah, so Jesus only wrote the original <laughs> six Star Wars movies. And for some and reason... Jesus approves of the new ones. Yeah, and, and, and also the animated shows Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Star Wars Babies. Yeah, right. <laughs> I read a lot of like Cam Jansen. Like lots of series. What Did is a Cam Jansen? Cam Jansen was a uh, like a elementary school slash middle schooler, and she had a photographic memory, and she would solve mysteries. But she had a photographic memory, and in order to remember things, she would say out loud to herself, she'd see something and go, "Click," <laughs> say out, like say. she was taking a picture. Click. <laughs> I don't think she would yell it. I hope but- she had to. <laughs> Click. <laughs> And that's what the movie Click is based off of. Yes, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> um, Josh, did you read The Boxcar Children? I did read The Boxcar Children. Uh, it's possible we've talked about this before, but we're going to dive back in. Mm-hmm. So The Boxcar Children is about a group of orphans who find a boxcar and they move in. <laughs> this is home now. They go, this boxcar is our house now. The, now, these kids have somehow fallen out of the system because yeah, there's, say, they this, range from hot teen to tiny baby. Yeah, and they're going to care for themselves because that's way better than the U.S. foster system. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, and then a few books in, it turns out they had a rich as hell grandfather. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the rich grandfather took the boxcar and put it in his yard. Oh, right. Where was the grandfather? Like, where was he? How did it come to a point that these children had to find an abandoned boxcar and live in it? Why was he playing hard to get? I I was going to say, like, their parents are not the only people in this world who probably care about them. And so uh, how long did they, like, duck the system? What if the grandfather was, like, feverishly trying to find them and they're like their parents die and the oldest one is like, we have to run right now. They can't find us. <laughs> <laughs> These kids were just really into 4chan. Yeah, and like, they, they saw a thread about living off the grid. Right. They like burned their own bodies to like fake, a, fake their own deaths. <laughs> <laughs> they would have gotten away with it too. You know what I am now thinking of? Um, is it called Magic Treehouse? So Magic Treehouse was like these two, three kids. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how many children, but they had a treehouse that went back in time. Yes. And they like just chilled with historical and fictional historical figures. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> One of which was like, they went back to dinosaur time. <laughs> and I don't remember if they like hung out with the dinosaurs, if like the dinosaurs were sentient. But like, 
I would fuck with that. Yeah. I would fuck with a magic tree house. Now, what I wonder, and and I was I did not read the Magic Tree House, but sure. I'm familiar, sure, familiar with this with this story. It's a tale as old of time, yeah, you know, literally. <laughs> um, so they got in the tree house and mm-hmm. it went back in time. Now, what did the parents see? Did the parents see a giant flash of light? Then the tree house disappeared, and then the kids come back wearing like Marie Antoinette clothes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hi, parents. We've got priceless gold doubloons. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why they allowed them to have the Magic Treehouse. Because, like, having your children go back and, like, there was definitely one about Pompeii. Like, oh, those yeah. children are, like, in mortal danger. But maybe the parents are like, you know what? It's fine. Let's just make sure you bring a couple priceless artifacts back. And well, we'll just, we'll just, we've got a guy. We've got you, a fence. Have you ever seen the local news? Yes. And they make everything seem so scary. For sure. They're like, your kid's gonna get murdered at the mall by a cocaine man. Like, just nonsense. So the parents probably watch local news. And they're like, they can't go out in public, but perhaps back in time. (laughs) Right, exactly. Did you read American Girl? No, I do know that there's an entire fictionalized universe of these, like, of these dolls. Okay, so it, 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 it... the books came first. Really? Yes. I think. <laughs> to me. To me. You experienced the books first. Yes. Now it's owned by Mattel and you think of it as much more toy focused. Sure. But not the case. Like Pirates of the Caribbean where it was a ride and now you think of it as much more movie focused. Yes. Correct. Correct. They're just trying to squeeze out every last dime they can. Or a Hallmark. Yes. <laughs> um, and so the American girls did not know each other. Interesting. Each one lived in their own specific time. There was no crossover. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, my favorite was Samantha. Did they not know each other because they're just from different eras? Yeah. Or even when they were in different... What, they were living in alternate realities of the same era. No, no, no. They were all from different eras. Got it. So, um, I mean, I can walk through and tell you all of them. But there was, like, <laughs> colonial times and, like, Homestead and my favorite. Uh, and they all kind of had a thing, right? Uh uh, my favorite was Samantha, who was the Victorian era one. Ooh. And her thing is that she was a major bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she was just like absolutely the beautiful one. Uh-huh. <laughs> real like, real like no time for the pores. <laughs> and we love that. Um, Molly. Was we a, stand a Victorian queen. <laughs> we stand a Victorian queen. Uh, and then Molly was, um, Molly was the other one I really liked. She was the World War II one. And she had glasses and was real bossy. And I also related to that. (laughs) But yes, I read all of them. I love them so much. But the big thing was these American Girl catalogs. Okay. And um, they would come in the mail every every other month or so. And uh, inside would be dozens and dozens of pages of um, dolls and costumes and props for the dolls. Sure. That would be unbelievable amounts of money oh yeah and you could buy like a pail of food fake food that your that your american girl doll could bring to school lunch and it would be like 70 dollars sure it's unreal captive audience captive audience my parents never let me paula did you know that it takes a lot of degrees to be a librarian what my aunt is a librarian And it's, uh, she had to get like three different master's degrees. There's like other certifications and stuff like that. What do you mean? You have to do like, you gotta just like know the book inside and out metaphorically and literally. They can't just be like, here's your librarian degree. No, there's multiple librarian degrees. 
that could not be. That doesn't seem fair. Okay. So to be a school librarian, for example, you need to earn a bachelor's degree in a library science or related subject. Secondly, you need to complete a master's degree program in library science, such as a master of library sciences, MLS, or a master's of library and information studies, uh, MLIS. Um, Then you have to take the state's required tests for public school libraries. Then you need a license to work in K through 12 schools. And then you can start applying for jobs at a school. Wow. Yeah. So you have to really want to be a librarian. You have to really want. And I know that like, if you want to be a law librarian or like very specific types of librarians, there's additional degrees that you need to get. Because you need to be able to have the context. So, like for law, li- for a law library, you need to be able to have the like legal context to be able to help lawyers who are doing research. Now, Josh, this is probably extremely naive of me. Sure. But what is a day like for a librarian? Because if you have that much background, sure. What you know you- everything at that point. You right? have to know everything. You have to right? know everything, right? Yeah, because I guess. Yeah, and again, this is I'm apologies to all our librarian listeners, but like when you think about it, like you just think of the library as like you drop books off and then people reshelve them, but that's not right. It's like reference libraries. Like you need to help people find the right books. Yeah. You're like yeah, a matchmaker. And, and there's like so many elements of libraries now, so much tech stuff. Yeah, for sure. Like even being able to like check out e- uh like audiobooks or mm-hmm. like Files that you can read on your Kindle. Mm-hmm. Shit like that. You need to understand all of that and troubleshoot all of that. And uh, what's that thing that you can like look at newspapers with like an old timey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, like they use when they're trying to solve like an old murder. In a yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Like microfiche. Microfiche. Yeah. You have to be able to do that. Tiny fish. Microfiche. <laughs> Little tiny microfiche. <laughs> <laughs> they're the algae. <laughs> This one's a little guppy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it's like librarians like are doing surgery in the back or something. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, so I kind of said it offhand a second ago, but I want to circle back on this. Librarians really are kind of like, it's in the same vein of like a, um, like high end bartender or like a sommelier. Like, cause I'm sure people come in. And it's a very like, this is the kind of book I want. Here's how I'm feeling right now. These are the books that I've read recently. And you're like, hmm, let me go look at the vintages. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. trying to match a, make. A, a librarian is just a book small yet. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now for a winter read, let me recommend. Harry Potter. Yeah, right. Did I, have I ever told you I applied for a job at Barnes & Noble once? Really? When I first moved to Chicago. And uh, I had the interview. Okay. And he said, what's your favorite book? Okay. And I said, Harry Potter. Okay. And he said, well, what else? And I blinked. I just like (laughs) fully blinked and panicked. And I just said, well, there's seven of them. Oh. (laughs) And I did not get the job. You absolutely burned that dude. Also, like, I'm sorry for the language here, but fuck that dude. Like, Harry Potter is so important to... Like cultural understanding. It's not like Barnes and Noble is like a hipster ass, like weird alternative, like self published bookshop. Yeah. Like they made millions, if not billions, off of Harry Potter books and Harry Potter theme <laughs> merchandise. Like who are you I... that like that it's like being at a Starbucks and being like, Oh, you want milk in your coffee? <laughs> I mean the thing It is... really like it really like <laughs> prevents the beans from shining through. <laughs> The thing is, this 
this guy probably was like, well, this is a girl who's not going to shut up asking what house we all are. And then telling us why we're wrong and what house we actually are. And he called that right. Sure. He sure. absolutely called sure. that right. He absolutely was like, this is a girl who sometimes cries because she remembers the part when Neville finally saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, Paula? No. Do you use the Chicago Public Library? I do. I only just recently got a library card, like within six months. Ooh, do you like it? I do like it. I have not used it as much as I should, but there is one across the street from my office, so it's incredibly convenient. It's very convenient. It's super convenient. I love libraries. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't read enough, but one of my favorite things to do is go to a library and get a bunch of books and be like, I'm going to be a reader now, and then forget to return them for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, not open them, return them, while I'm at the library, go, but maybe now I'll be a reader. <laughs> sure. And then I repeat the cycle. Yeah. So that's kind of my thing. Very good. Did you know that Chicago Public Library is one of the first in the country to eliminate late fines? Really? Yep. There's no late fines at that. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then at a certain... So you could just keep the book? Well, at a certain point, you're charged for the price of it. Oh, so you just have to buy a book for the library. It, Essentially, you, you replace I mean, the you, book. Or return your book. Yeah. But it's actually great because it was like prohibiting people and it's it's a really good thing to do for the community. And That's so smart. Mm-hmm. It's just like at a certain point, like if you want to keep the book, it's like you break it, you buy it. It's like you... Yeah. But a month you, later, you, you it, haven't you brought it. it. Yeah. 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 Huh. That's so good. I mean, I haven't been to a library. I did not go to the library. Like I, I did in college, but you know, um, I was not doing the, going to the library for my own personal reading habits uh for long enough that like i went and got my library card and i was like yeah they gave you the little thing that's like a gym membership that goes in your keychain Mm -hmm. and i was like this is great technology this i'll never forget my library card now (laughs) like this little thing which i'm sure libraries have been doing for decades Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was so i was so jazzed about it (laughs) um paula do you want to hear my library hack yes library is not just for your casual and research reading. It's also for, if you're going to travel, and I, I got to shout out my friend Elise, who told me this, which is so smart. Get If you're doing research for a trip and you want to figure out what you want to do, you don't necessarily know if the travel books, if you're not like, like I'm a Fodor's person or whatever the, like, the mm-hmm. brand is, like Lonely Planet, um, you don't know which are the good books or not. So check them out from the library read them and then decide if you want to buy the book or if you want to like just jot down notes from it and then return it to the library. That is so smart. It's so smart. That is very smart. I guess you could also do that. There's also cookbooks at the yeah. library. You can do the same thing. Yeah. Um, Josh, are you, when you travel, do you bring a travel book? I do. So that makes uh, sense. Yeah. I am. Um, that holds up. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I am a reader. Um, I don't read as much now. I was reading a lot more when I was taking the train into work. Um, I probably about like four years ago realized that because when you're in high school and college, it, you're kind of only reading for class or at least that's how I felt. I like really didn't have time to, I was reading enough and I was reading enough, like just things for class that I didn't have time to yeah. read my own stuff. And in my case, I was, um, procrastinating and then, uh, panic reading in the two minutes before class and then pretending like I read most of it. Sure. So reading for pleasure has been just such a, like a nice thing that's come back into my life, mm-hmm. especially like to be totally earnest here. Uh, I went through a bit of an insomnia about, about like two or three years ago. Um, 
I guess it was, oh my God, it was like almost five years ago. Um, and so I turn off my phone before bed or I like put my phone away, put it on do not disturb. And I usually read before bed. Mm-hmm. So commuting and reading before bed has been like a really joyful, nice thing to do. Um, so this is a very long winded way of saying that like I both have physical books and I usually travel with a book. But when I travel, I read a lot. Like I read a lot. Um, I love just going to a coffee shop and reading when I'm nerd, <laughs> but I take pictures of it and Instagram loves it. Um, and so I recently, when I went to Japan, got a Kindle and it solved literally all of my problems because that way I don't have to schlep like four or five books. Cause I might read two or three books while I'm on vacation. And so a Kindle allows me to just bring one device and it's got as many books as I need and I can buy more books while I'm out. Wow, you're a voracious reader. I I am hungry for the book. Um, I always get Kindle books from the library. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like the number one thing. I, I've never bought a Kindle book. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, I All the books I want to read are never available from the library. Because like all the all the Kindle books, like all the e-books, are never actually like available. Because everyone does the trick where they don't turn on their Wi-Fi and they just keep the book until they're done. What? <laughs> So yeah, it'll never sink back to the library if you turn off the Wi-Fi on your Kindle. And so that's why there's always such a wait for all of the books. Wow. So if you're reading like Lincoln, which is or um uh Team of Rivals, which is like what, like a three thousand page book, if you don't if you turn off the Wi-Fi so it doesn't sink, you can keep it as long as you need it. Oh my god. It's not nice and it's not good, and there should be a fine for that because but I'm gonna do it now. Yeah. <laughs> That's my other library hack. Hey, Josh. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Do you know... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you know the best part about being a kid? Um, being able to eat whatever you want. No. It is that you are constantly bribed to read fun books. Oh, yeah. You are constantly receiving rewards for reading. Yeah. Like... Like the knowledge that you gain... And no, no, like no. This- I'm talking cash prizes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> in the form of pizza. Oh, yeah. So Pizza Hut had like a program where you could get like little personal pizzas for reading. Mm-hmm. And like libraries always have a summer reading program. For sure. And uh, schools a lot of times will do like prizes for reading or dare drop, drop everything and read. Dear hour. Okay. Uh, so it just feels like when you're a kid, you constantly... Or yeah, getting for, stuff for reading. Oh, yeah, for sure. There was also, like, not just, like, national, federal level prizes for this. Like, did you have in your classrooms, if you got certain, like, did well enough on things or read for long enough, there was, like, class bucks or, like, class yes. cash and stuff like that. Yes. They, like, had a, you were always trying to get, like, ring pops from it. Oh, yeah. I always wanted to sit in the teacher's chair. <laughs> That was always a thing, wasn't it? Yes. It was always a thing. You got to sit in the teacher's chair. It's, yes. Why did we all want to sit in the teacher's <laughs> chair? We like you like get to sit in chair. <laughs> yeah. And there was something, I don't know if it was just like, I get to be in the comfy chair, big comfy chair. Or if it was like the equivalent of like, haha, big person needs to be in small chair. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway, Size is weird. <laughs> Comedy created. I want the prize where I get to take home the glass lizard. Yeah, right. Exactly. 
I want the prize where I get to eat the class lizard. Um, <laughs> but I wish they had those kind of motivational programs for adults. Sure. Like, I wish that I could I could color in little slices for every time I read one of my stupid romance novels I like. Sure. And if I read enough, <laughs> then Pizza Hut's going to give me a pizza. <laughs> Well, so here's the thing is it's like it's not far enough. So there was a program. I say program in huge scare quotes here. Ad campaign, marketing campaign that Domino's did a couple years ago where it was like, if you buy the pizza and you submit Mm -hmm. something, they'll pave your roads. Like Domino's did a program where they paved potholes for towns and cities. So like glad our government can't do that. Yeah, right, exactly. So if we're get, letting them be able to do that, yeah, the least they could do is just give us pizza for reading. And I don't want it to be a marketing ploy. I mean, <laughs> I guess in a way the Pizza Hut one was. Yeah, it is a market. It's but, always been a marketing ploy, but Paula. But I want it to be pretty genuine. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I want to go. I want my name to be on a board. What if you were like? <laughs> what if you were like? If you read enough books. Over the summer, like you can get a Dior bag. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like high end luxury items. <laughs> or, like, what if your landlord was just really passionate about reading? Yeah, and it's right. Like, if you like read a certain amount and you had to, this is kind of the honor system and you have to be honest. Yep. But you would get 200 bucks a month knocked off your rent. <laughs> sure. Sure. We'd have a pretty high reading society. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just put the carrot there. People will follow it. <laughs> There's something so adorable to me about a bunch of adults going to Starbucks yeah. and being like, I filled out my card. I read a hundred pages well, last week. Well, it's like a punch card for coffee, but it's, yeah. Oh, that's so what is what, what's the What's the number one thing you would want to get as a prize for reading? Like, and the thing is, it's got to be like, I know I made the Dior joke earlier, but like that would never happen. Like you're probably the highest end that you would probably get is like the equivalent of an iPod. Like that's probably the highest and end. And that, that'd be like, you're reading like a thousand books. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, an iPod from 2009. Do you know what I would like? What? I would love it to be run by a local grocery store. Sure. And I would love just a few bucks off. Sure. You know, or like, um, like I get like a free apple for like finishing a book. Said <laughs> <laughs> it. So I, I told you, All Paula, right. you could have whatever you wanted. And the the grocery store can afford to give me an apple for reading a book. Now, Paula, I just had a brilliant idea. I what? think. What if you could pay for a membership to your grocery store? Uh huh. And kind of like how comic books come out on a certain day, or like thrifting, there are certain like good days where they get the new stuff in. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. What if there was a members only like two hour period, hour and a half long period where you could go to the grocery store when they just restock the produce? Josh, that's not how society works. I know, but like, but what like if they you... restock the produce every day? I mean, also, this is I'm realizing this is a horrible idea that keeps people in food deserts. So let's forget. Yeah, that it, I ever wait, said wait, that. you took uh, you took a thing that's not really a problem. Yeah, I'm not saying food deserts aren't a problem, but I'm saying that like. Oh, they haven't put out new bananas oh, in no. an hour or two. This is like, like what happens in Silicon Valley where like so they accidentally invent public busing. But now I've just like created a, a business model that keeps people who can't pay for a subscription model from getting fresh 
fruits and vegetables. Yeah. I'm a monster. It would be be an app and you would call it like, like produce, but no uh, vowels. Prudus. All lowercase, period, at the end. We don't need to keep talking about this. I feel gross inside. (laughs) Who are you? You're sitting there with your Apple Watch. Yeah, I did get an Apple Watch. Looking at us, the little people. Oh, God. Paula, are you part of a book club? No, I don't read enough. (laughs) Okay. Would you want to be part of a book club? Um, I... Would I would love the idea of one, and I also know how I as a human being function. Sure. Which is, I would sign up for a book club. I would go, I have enough time to finish the book. I have enough time to finish the book. Sure. And then it would get closer and closer and closer and closer, and I would panic because that's what I do. Sure. And then it would be the day of, and I would be online reading every review I could find about it. Sure. Uh, and I wouldn't read the book. Got it. Then I would drink too much wine at the book club. Okay. And I would start a fight with somebody. Sure. And I would keep trying to change the subject whenever we'd talk about the book. Sure. Because I would be really bored. Sure. Um, then I would just shit talk everyone after. That sounds like you're <laughs> doing book club. It actually sounds kind of fun. That, so- that sounds like what everyone does in book club. So here, here's my take on book club. There are definitely book clubs out there where people actually read the book. Uh-huh. But from what I've heard, Sorry. I am not part of a I am not part of a book club. Okay. Um, but from what I gather, book club is just a societally accepted way for adults to get together and drink wine. Mm-hmm. And you're allowed as an adult, you're allowed to just do that. Yeah, exactly. It is fun because sometimes you read a book and you're like, or see a movie or something, and you just so desperately want to talk to somebody for sure about it. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of people's case, because they have theories. In my case, because I zoned out in some of the parts, and <laughs> not quite sure what's happening. So it does satisfy that. Sure, for sure. The idea. Have you heard of article clubs? Uh, is that? Tell me about it. I no, really want to start one. Um, I never will. Um, it's everybody reads the same long form article. Oh. So then it's easier to read. Sure. Because it's like okay, instead of like needing to read this three hundred page book, you read. For half an hour. Right, sure. Um, That's kind of the whole thing. <laughs> Super smart. Book club, but for article. Yeah, sure. I love how um, Medium tells you how long the article is going to be on average, which is... Ju- I know. <laughs> <laughs> As well, somebody who writes long articles on Medium. <laughs> our listeners may not use Medium, the preeminent blogging platform. <laughs> um, but I love that because like, you know what you're getting into. When a coworker's you like send you an article and they're like, Oh, this is great. And you open it up and it's like two minutes. You're like, this is great. And if it's like 30 minutes and it's like, Ooh, this is interesting. I'm going to save this for later. Um, as opposed to like, this is a 15 minute article and it's 15 minutes. I don't have time for. Right. So I'm just going to be like, wow. And never read it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's like, it's about the consent of like, I'm getting into this article for the amount of time. Yes. I, um, I uh, have written some articles on Medium that are 15-minute ones. Sure. Uh, specifically because I think it's funny. It only makes myself laugh, but I think it's funny to recap movies in excruciating detail. Sure. And, uh, and you can see how long people spend on them. Really? And a lot of times it's like one minute, and you're like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Paula, what's the difference? I, and I legitimately don't know this. Um, is, is a presidential house different than a presidential library because all the presidents have libraries it's like a big part of your retirement um yes they are different so presidential house is um generally more of like a museum about their lives sure 
Uh, so it'd be like, this is the house that they grew up in, or this is the house they lived in. But then a library can be in the same city, but doesn't have to be, and features like documents and things from their presidency. Got it. So some are big and some are part of other things. <laughs> sure. Got it. Got it. Because you've been to a lot of these. Yes. I have not been to a lot of presidential libraries, but I have been to a lot of presidents' houses because okay. I want to go to all of them. Yeah, sure. Mm, pres- present president excluded. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm not going to the Girls Gone Wild beach or whatever he's into. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Is that what Mar-a-Lago is going to become? um but i don't really know what would you like to see in a presidential library because i think it's documents but i'm not 100 percent sure so i'd want like a good mix of like cool things that are just like cool artifacts of their presidency like this was the pen that they used to sign this bill and like here's a casual shirt that they wore sometimes and then i want like the other pieces i want them either to be like so specific that it feels like they couldn't find anything else to put in there Mm -hmm. or saucy little secrets, like almost like top secret information that they're only sharing through this library. Ooh, like a series of clues. Yeah, right. Exactly. There's a larger mystery afoot. Like this is Woodrow Wilson's rocking chair. If you'll notice, there's a small hole in the back part of the rocker. And then, like, there's small holes in other parts of other objects. And you're like, why are there all these holes? And you have to take the first letter and add them together. Yeah. Now, there are presidents without libraries. Okay. (laughs) Which kind of sucks. Yeah. Is that just, like, an admission of the nation of, like, that person kind of blew? Or they were forgettable? Or are they, like, greatest hits presidents who don't have libraries? I mean, okay, so Garfield doesn't have one. Arthur doesn't have one. Chester, that all feels right. Uh-huh. Benjamin Harrison doesn't have one. Sure. I would say it feels pretty fair. Yeah, that feels <laughs> like uh, kind of like late 19th century. Yeah, it feels like if you didn't do anything to deserve one, you don't really get one. Yeah, she, William Henry Harrison doesn't have one. Yeah, for sure. Well, he died really quickly, didn't he? Yeah, Van Buren. <laughs> we know how you feel about Van Buren. <laughs> Fillmore, Pierce. Yeah, it kind of seems like... If you do a good job, you get a library. Yeah, for sure. If you don't, you become a footnote of history. Yeah, well, so I think that's maybe more of it. It's like if you're memorable, you get a library. If you're a footnote of history, you're a footnote of history, and no one's going to go to the library anyway. It's kind of a waste of money. That's true. That's true. Um, Josh, so one thing about librarians. Sure. Uh, is the idea of the sexy librarian. Sure, totally. That, that idea, old chestnut. The idea that all librarians are very hot, but they don't even know it because their hair is always up and they're always wearing glasses. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, what are other sexy public servants? <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the funniest trope for... What's like, the, uh, they take I'm off their, so- their standard uniform and they let their hair down and suddenly they're like glowing. <laughs> <laughs> bursers what the hell are bursers a burser is like somewhere in the like accounting department of like a metropolitan area <laughs> what about a uh, sexy like subway like oh you know, like the at the booth like, oh, like a subway attendant i mean like the subway car driver oh yeah for sure like the mad looking like guy that's always driving the subway <laughs> oh my god you took your gloves off and your cta hat off and 
I, I guess I'd never thought that you... Are you the same person? Have you been hot the whole time? What about um, sanitation workers? Okay. Hard job. Really hard job. High paying for well, a reason. So here's what I would argue about sanitation workers. It's got the largest kind of in-job, out-of-job difference that you could have. Yeah. For like that moment where like, they're like, oh, wow. Because like sanitation job, like you smell like dookie <laughs> and you're like covered in trash and you're like in a onesie. And then they're like, okay, is there something wrong with being in a onesie? Paula happens to be in a denim onesie right now. It's she a looks, jumpsuit. She looks incredibly fashionable. Thank you. It's a jumpsuit, <laughs> not a onesie. <laughs> Let's not be disrespectful. Um, But, you know, you're like, you know, you, you literally smell like trash all day. You're around trash. All that kind of stuff. Then you get to go home. You take a shower and there's that like slow motion rom-com shot of like coming out of the shower. You've got the towel around you and you're like scrubbing off the hair with a second towel. And you're like, oh, underneath all of that waste and banana peels, you're hot as hell. Do you think the... Do you think sanitation workers are rubbing the garbage on themselves? I assume that there's a certain amount of like needing to dive into the trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to do your job right, you have I to become one a- with the trash. <laughs> I'm I'm such an idiot. I was at a bachelorette party last night and I was taking Ooh. pictures and I couldn't find my phone. Like I took pictures. I put my phone down and Josh knows this. I lose my phone a lot. Sure. I lose my phone constantly. I couldn't find it. And immediately I was like... <laughs> We must have accidentally thrown it away. (laughs) And I start like going through the garbage and a girl I don't know is like, there's no way somebody threw away your cell phone. You immediately went into raccoon mode. I immediately (laughs) went into raccoon mode and it turns out it was like in a chair I was sitting in earlier. Yeah, sure. Where, where you'd expect it to be. It was just really funny that my first reaction was like, oh no, somebody did that thing where they thought my phone was an empty plastic cup. But this is this is the sexy public servant um, plot to this movie, to this Lifetime movie, oh. is that someone accidentally throws out a really important piece of information or technology. Their heart. <laughs> Metaphorically, yes. They've just been broken up with yes. and they're trying to find themselves and they accidentally throw away like... Maybe it's they throw away their divorce papers before they've signed them. And so they have to go on this whole thing where the the sanitation worker who's gruff and not very nice. Hot. Not yet. Well, Uh, you can tell. (laughs) Right. Um, They have to go on this whole thing where they have to go through all the public works and try to find uh, all these documents. And in the process, you realize that the thing she was throwing away was her old life. And what she wants (gasps) is the sanitation worker. Oh, I love that. It's called Reduce, Reuse, Recycle Your Heart. <laughs> your fart. <laughs> um, now, what nice. about a sexy, uh, like, crosswalk, crossing guard? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. Because you can kind of move a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think this is a different brand of it. Because if a librarian is a, and sanitation worker is about, like, oh, I never thought you were, like, it's the reveal. Yeah. The the crosswalk attendant is more like unexpected. Like, what if what if the crosswalk attendant is like, you know, just like blowing their whistle in a way you're, where you're like, why is this doing this for me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this is doing something for me, but like, and they're like moonwalking as they're going, or like just the suggestive way that they like. There's no. So you're telling me if you saw a crossing guard moonwalk through the crosswalk, you'd be like, there we go. Well, no, I mean, like, there's a certain amount of, like, control 
mm-hmm. that that person has. Like, imagine just like like a uh, they're directing traffic, but it's a very like come hither yeah direction of traffic. Um. Well, this also makes me wonder, Josh. What do you think is the hottest job? So I actually um, I have some insight on this. Okay. So um, in an internship. There was some research being done. You were working for <laughs> hotjobs.com. <laughs> um, I was at a PR firm. I was an intern. Um, and we were doing some research around like uh, niche dating sites because okay. of a client. Um, and there is a website that was for people who either wear or are into people who wear uniforms. Yeah, that makes sense. And so um, there was a lot of research. This company was able to because they get all this data on people, say what the hottest uniform jobs were. And it was podcast host. <laughs> yes, because all <laughs> podcast hosts, well, I mean, frankly, like everyone wears glasses and flannel or, or denim uh, in some form or another. <laughs> no, what do you think the hottest uniformed jobs were? Firefighter. That was up there? Yeah, that's a hot job. For men and, for men and women. Okay, cool. Um, what do you think the number one was for both? It's not firefighter? It's not. Oh, um, I don't know then. Cop? It's lifeguard, which is kind no. of a cop out. No, it's <laughs> firefighter. Um, also, chef was way up there. Oh, chef's a hot job. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my good friends is dating an opera singer. That's a cool job. That's a hot job. That's a hot job. That's a hot job. Um, uh, I've been told that like architect is a hot job. Architect is a hot job. That's why all the romantic comedy. It, all the, the romantic ar- comedies. They're an architect. Yeah, like How I Met Your Mother. It's like every male is an architect and every female is a magazine editor. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> or like a high-power uh, ad executive. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. What do you think is the hottest job? Um, What if I was like the hottest job? Model. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot job. You're right. Beauty model. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, Paula, can we talk about something that's potentially gross? but also weird and cool. Um, So in one of the rare books libraries in my, in my college, um, there was, uh, you know, lots of cool rare books, like illuminated medieval manuscripts, like with the gold gilded edges and things like that. Mm -hmm. But there was also a book bound in human skin. Josh, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there might be multiple in the world. Okay, so there is another one that is very famously in Boston. Also, just for listeners, like if this is grossing you out, you might want to like skip ahead a little bit. But if you like creepy things, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm about to tell you a story of the Boston book bound in human skin, and it's earnest as hell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can we call uh, books bound in human skin nudie mags? Absolutely, we can. <laughs> so this guy... Was a was a highwayman. Sure. Which I think means you rob the highway. You wa- rob people while on the highway. You rob like, people while like on the highway. Like stagecoach and things like okay, that. So yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. was a highwayman. Sure. And he shoot bam, him up. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. He killed someone. Okay. He had to go to prison. So he went to prison and he wrote his memoir. Okay. And he said, Hello. I only want this, I want this memoir published, but I only want there to be two copies of my memoir. Sure. And I want you to bound it in my skin. Like bind it in human skin. Bind it in human skin. And most, if a, if a scary as hell highwayman in the mid-1800s said that to you, 
most people would be like, no way in hell. Yeah. But two dudes were like, I'm in. <laughs> and one was the guard. Okay. And then one was this bookbinder in Boston who was like, challenge accepted, my man. <laughs> and so there are two copies of this memoir? So he made two copies, only two copies. Okay. One went to his doctor, whatever. The other one- Still went- weird. Still weird to send a doctor. Like, they put a note on it, like, remember this? Well, the weirder one is the other copy was sent to the man who sent him to prison. What a he flex. He attempted to kill this guy. The guy was like, yo, I'm reporting you. And uh, he considered him, this murderer, Alan, considered him to be the only man who ever stood up to him. Can you imagine going to the mailbox one day? And it says on the cover in Latin, this is bound in the author's skin. So so that that's different because you'd be like, wow, what is this like buttery leather? Isn't <laughs> that outside? so buck wild? And yes, it's a very creepy, macabre story. Yeah, sure. But it's absolutely so earnest because there are so many people who saw this man's dream and said, you know what? We're going to work together to make this happen. And it did. It worked out exactly like this highwayman wanted it to work out. And if that's not earnestness, I don't know what is. That is a group of people coming together to make it a dream happen. Right? No. Imagine. No, No, it is. It just like objectively is. No, I think at a certain point it's like, or you can't be earnest to be able to be like, the my goal, what I want to have happen is I want to, I want to destroy these other people. Hey, I didn't destroy them. This guy was like, this guy was like, hey, my dream is to write a book, but I want two copies of it. And I want them both bound in my skin flesh. And, and I want to absolutely roast the two people who I send it to. No, he sent it to them as respect. I think (laughs) that's one way of looking at it. I mean, I just, I just think what are the chances this guy was like, this is my dream. And the prison guard and this bookbinder were like, we will make it happen. And they sent two copies. And one of them is like in the archives of this fancy museum in Boston, which means at least one of the people who got a copy was like, respect (laughs) or they were like i need this out of my house but it's too unique to be thrown out i think it's a group of people who in a different world would have been best friends (laughs) i love it i could not love it more (laughs) i think that's gonna do it for us i think that's gonna do it for us thank you as always for joining us for another week we really appreciate it before we go we have our signature weekly segment, Earnest Moment of the Week. <laughs> Ten minutes later. <laughs> In this segment, uh, we uh, have different earnest moments that our listeners have submitted from their past week. We are still riding the high of our last live show. Yeah. And uh, so we do not have anyone's names, but they are on here. If this is yours, let us know. Please let us know. Yes. This one is from a listener. Hi, listener. Their earnest moment was eating a small chocolate-dipped cone from DQ, Dairy Queen, in the snow. That's cute. I love that. And it also reinforces my, uh, my belief that... Ice cream is just as good when it's cold, if not better. 
my what I think is one of the most earnest things is seeing someone eating an ice cream by themselves. Because it's like, what a sweet thing. Something happened in that person's day where they said, I deserve a treat. Yeah. And what a perfect treat to get. Yeah. You know, it's just so sweet. It is the Metaphorically sweetest. and literally. Yes. There's two sweet things. There's two really earnest things. And that's getting an ice cream by yourself and working together with a group of people to bind a book in human flesh. (laughs) (laughs) I have one. It says, I work in the ticket office at the Opera House and I spoke to a patron about her giant crush on a tenor, Brandon Jovanovich. So I moved her seats to make sure she could have a view of her BF. Oh, we talked so cute. Both that ties in. Sexy job. Sexy job. Sexy opera singer. As always, if you have a moment to write a review or give us a rating, it really does help. If you're on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, anywhere that will let you write a review, it like it really helps other people find this. And we like it. Yeah. And we like it. It helps our egos. And if you wouldn't mind um, giving us, uh, you know, if you think someone else might like this, if you like this episode, a a past episode, um, please uh, tell them about it. We have a new listeners page that you can find on our website. There's lots of places to to find good episodes to start with. But uh, word of mouth is really the best way for us to, to get some more listeners. Yes. Um, as always, thank you to our friend Ryan Cruz for designing our beautiful logo. She is at Instagram at, at @rbcruiser, and our buddy Dylan Dutch for making the theme song at Dylan Dutch on Twitter. And until next week, just remember, we all stand a Victorian queen. That's true. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>